Hi everyone, welcome to the Heads or Tails podcast hosted by myself, Matt McClory. I am so excited for today's conversation with my good friend, Alex Sagot. Alex and his wife, Diana, pastor Calvary Church, Miami. Alex has such a contagious joy and vibrancy to the way he leads and loves people. So I'm excited to chat with him today and glean some gold that will encourage you as you step into more of what God has ahead. All right, well, I'm excited to have my friend, um, man, so much I could say about you, bro. Um, but it's so good to have Alex Sagot in our church this weekend, preaching all three services and, um, took an opportunity, took a window also to include the podcast for him to be on here. So bro, thank you. Thank you for being here and thank, thank you, you guys, for man. taking the time. We love it. Um, yeah, even meeting you years ago and just seeing how you were, I, that's what I always remember, just how kind you were and then meeting your wife. You guys are the real deal. You guys are so genuine. And so coming up last year, we fell in love with your church, dude. I, and I keep saying that word sweet. I feel like that's what sticks out. There's like a sweet presence, a sweet culture. Everybody's so kind, so nice. So thank you for having We absolutely love it. It's an honor to be here. Oh, man, it's it's so great. So um, I know that people are probably listening to this podcast and it's... Um, you maybe haven't been a part of church um, this morning, but we just had three amazing services. And and Alex, bro, you brought the house down <laughs> in all you, three dude. services. It was just powerful, and I love it. And tell me, or tell everyone who's listening, because maybe people who are listening don't know much about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, yeah. just talk about sort of how your journey into leadership okay. and how you sort of arrived. You know, to where you are. Yeah, for sure. I um, so I was born and raised in Miami. My parents. Have always, you know, they got saved when they were in their teens in Costa Rica, moved to Miami, had us. And so we were born and raised in church. My parents were youth pastors for almost 10 years. And so I grew up in the church, around church. At the age of 13, I just felt like serving. And so I remember like a couple of the older guys, like, all right, come help out in team. And I started doing sound and video with them and they started training me. And I just loved it. I've I've never been that one guy who walked away from church or, you know, rebelled Mm -hmm. or anything. I, you know, I don't have that crazy story. I got shot nine times and I went to the streets. I got, nah, I just grew up in church and, yeah. and I loved it, you know? And obviously you go through phases where you think this is for me and uh, there may be doubt or questioning, but but I always loved God and I always loved ministry. And I think my parents gave us a really good example. My parents never, whether there was any kind of challenges or difficulty, never brought it home or never discussed it in front of us. Mm. And I think that was really helpful for all of us because we knew there there's always ministry can be tough leadership can be tough mm. but i think you can you can shield your kids from a lot and i've known parents who spill it on their kids yeah and i say you're creating a danger because your kids will grow up and remember that and see them be like ah yeah i remember this pastors are this or leaders are this team my parents always just spoke well of everybody awesome. of the team they just created a healthy environment of family life mixed with church life and so i grew up loving the church i grew up always seeing and believing the best in spite of challenging times and um yeah i just kept serving i did everything from sound then i was in host team um then i just started helping out maybe at the age of 17 18 in my young adult ministry that we were part of uh my youth pastor just kind of just like hey just follow me around and help me out and Mm -hmm. i I literally started helping him out to the point where you know i was never full-time but he said just basically like help me out be my assistant he called me his assistant 
And uh, that young adult ministry blew up. So wow. that young adult ministry went from about 300 to 1,000. Wow. It was on Friday nights. It was awesome. And our, our young adult pastor got incredible opportunities to travel, and he started taking me with him. Wow. So I started seeing a lot of, like, the behind the scenes, how you build a ministry, what it takes, the the, the blood, sweat, and tears. And I yeah. started to appreciate it. My, my young adult pastor was wild. He would wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning in the hotel room and, let's go, let's pray. He was no <laughs> joke. And it was at 5 a.m. in the hotel room, like, all of us praying because we're going to go out and we're going to do, like, this weekend conference. Um, but I appreciated that. At 18, I remember going to a youth camp, young adult camp. And I was on my face down in the front, and I said, God, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And That's so th- cool. regardless of what happens, regardless of what comes, use every breath that I have for you. And since then, I've never looked back. And, and like I said today, kind of in the message, every door that God has opened, I said, God, I told you yes, so I'm, I'm walking through it. And so, yeah, every every single opportunity since then, I kept serving. Mm. God would open up a door, do this. They would call me for this. And I just said, okay, I'll do it. I'll lead this team. Or I'll do this. And yeah. Well, like, I love that you mentioned those sort of beginnings, like your pathway to leadership, you know, I think has been a really cool one. And the way that you kind of got thrust into lead pastoring yeah. was also kind of crazy. So I think you need to, you need to talk about that because when I first met you, you were the youth pastor. Yeah. You weren't leading the church. And then when we kind of reconnected a few years ago, that was when you are in that new role. So talk a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, absolutely. I end up, uh, you know, I married Diana and we end up, I was going to the Spanish church. Our young adult was English, but our... Our services on Sunday were Spanish. And so me and Nana get married. We were 24. She was 21. Um, and we're like, let's go to a church. That's our language. Our first language is English. I grew up, born and raised in Miami and Diana as well. So we're just like, let's go look for an English church. I end up at, at this church called Calvary. And we absolutely love it. It's what we were looking for, a young, vibrant church reaching our city. And so we were we were all in. Uh, actually, the first team we served in was the New Believers team, handing out Bibles out in the front. And we did that for a number of years. And same kind of thing, right? Like God kept opening up doors of opportunity. They called me one day and they said, hey, um, why don't you help out being a service overseer? And it was mm-hmm. basically walking around with our campus pastors and helping them out. And then one Sunday, hey, do the offering. And, and I went up on platform and I did the offerings. So it just gave me a lot of opportunities and yep. I'm super grateful for it. And one day uh, our pastor calls me and he's like, have you ever preached? And I said, no, never really preached. I've done like salvation call, done announcements, but I never preached. Mm. And he says, um, I want you to preach at our youth group, our youth group was kind of struggling back then. He's like, can you just go in there and share a message? And I just want to see how you do it. I'm like, oh, man, I was nervous as can be. I've never really <laughs> preached a message. And for like two weeks, I'm sweating. I'm trying to come up with a message. But I felt something in my heart. I shared it. I find out it's recorded. And they send it to him. And he calls me at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he's like, dude, I just heard the message. And I just want to tell you, you're preaching Sunday. And I'm like, Whoa. what? Yeah, you're preaching our 5 p.m. service. Oh, my god! I preached that Sunday. We had our 7 p.m. Our 7 p.m. at night was like the, sir, it was awesome. Sunday nights were awesome. And so after I'm done with the 5 p.m., he goes, somebody get this guy in the car, take him down to the 7 p.m. He's preaching our 7 p.m. as well. And since then, they literally had me preaching every weekend. One of the services, we had like six services back then. Mm-hmm. Um, after like a couple months, he says, can you be the youth pastor? Like, I, I just need a new pastor to come in and help us out. Me and Dana say yes. Yep. We do that for two years and a half. We were leading our youth, and it went awesome. I love you. I, since I was born and raised in church, I love youth ministry. And if yeah. it was up to me, I'll be there every single week. Yeah. I, I Like, I thrive in that. I love it. Yeah. I love the craziness of it. And so it was awesome. We went from about 80, 100 youth to uh, one night we hit 350, 400 almost. And it was awesome. One night, actually, we did a special event. We had 550. So it, me and Dana were just thriving. We were loving it. Yeah. It was absolutely awesome. In the middle of that, our church, um, our lead pastor goes through some challenging times. Yep. And so the board has to make a decision. And after several months, 
um, they literally come up to me in the end and says, the board thinks that you can take on the church. Wow. And, and we think you guys should be the lead pastors. And we're like, what in the world? Um, it was not a difficult situation. I mean, it was not an easy situation at all. It was difficult because the mm. church was, it was a delayed decision, you know, as far as everything right. that was going on. So it was a very, very, very challenging time. A lot of people headed out the doors while we mm. were waiting to see who was going to be the lead pastor. The church was... I mean, just crumbling, falling, like to the point where we didn't know what was going to happen the next week. It was wow. that bad. It, wow. it, it was seven months, almost eight months of that. Yeah. Um, me and Diana, we're doing youth. I'm preaching midweek. Plus, I'm preaching Sundays because they told me to take care of Sundays until they make, made a decision. So I'm, right. I'm handling all these things. I'm literally almost losing my mind. Me and Diana are thinking about quitting, leaving, and mm. we're just going to find another church because this is insane. Yeah. And we don't know if there's like, like any kind of hope for us tomorrow as far as like even getting a paycheck like we were already full-time staff but right. it was that bad but we decided to stick it out and when they said that to us we loved the team that we had and so i think when you have a good healthy team in spite of the challenges you know who's next to you you're gonna ride yeah. and you're gonna say you know what let's do this god god's doing something special here it totally. may be challenging it may be tough we don't know how we're gonna figure this out but we love the staff and the team and and people just came around and said, let's go. We talked to our parents. I talked to a few pastor friends of mine. So we prayed. And after about two, three weeks, we said, uh, we'll do it. That's and we said incredible. yes. And so October 2016, we became the lead pastors of Calvary. Wow. I mean, it's 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 definitely not the uh, conventional way to come <laughs> no. into to, to leading not. a church. But, I mean, I think that's, you know, why I think I love you so much is, is like, we have a very similar, um, in, in the sense that, Jill and I got into ministry and became lead pastors also in an unconventional way, wow. in a reluctant way. You know, like we weren't necessarily like, you know, putting our hands up for yeah, it like at the looking, time. Like me, me, yeah. Yeah, we, like I never set out, you know, in my 20s to be like, hey, I want to be I want to be in leadership and I want to be a senior <laughs> yeah. pastor of a church. Yeah. Like I, that was not my prayer. Um, but I think our prayer was the same, you know, like, hey, God, like I want to serve you. Yep. Um, I even have this picture. I remember when I, when I, before we kind of got into full-time ministry, this picture of like, you know, chips on like a table and, um, almost like, you know, a playing table. And I can say this cause I don't gamble and I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem, yeah. but you know, like poker chips on a table. Yeah. And I just said this picture of me just pushing all my chips over to, to the side of the table where Jesus was. Wow. And like, that was my, that was my transition into leadership started in my heart, just like you when you're wow. 17 yep. in youth ministry where you just, you're on your face and you remember those moments. Yeah, after you do. They and mark they, you. They're, they, you, they, they're they significant. You. Yeah. yeah. And so, so here you are now you've been doing it since 2016. Um, I would just love to hear your thoughts. Like you're a, you're a great leader. Um, what's the, give me, give me something fun and then give me something serious something fun that you love about leading your church. And then give me something like serious about leading your church, like the best thing, but best thing that's fun and the best thing also that's like, you know, maybe a little serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good question, man. Um, I think, okay, what's been fun is just doing life with, with our team, doing life with what people, people that we consider like basically brothers and sisters, mm. they become family, like mm. our staff. Uh, I was telling a little bit about it yesterday. Like they're just, wow, they're fun. <laughs> and so we're all on this big staff chat. And you know what I love is that that's, replicated in different chats That's so cool. like i think leadership you need to remember like what, what you do in minimum people are going to replicate in maximum yeah right. right so like what we do small amounts of mm -hmm. people are going to turn around and do that so we got to be very careful so but for me and anna we, we love to have fun and we love to have a good time yeah so 
you know, and sometimes it can get, get a little out of control where we in a meeting, we got to gather people like, all right, come on, <laughs> let's let's focus a little bit. But that's been fun. So our staff, like the the memes they send, the gifs they send, <laughs> going out. We like every Sunday night, we some of us we gather and we just have some dinner, order some food. Like that's the best. That's yeah. fun. It's us being Sunday morning, like getting ready for service and everybody like somebody's saying a dumb joke. Somebody's like making everybody laugh. Like that's the best. I thrive in that. I love that. Um, I love that our team is fun and you gotta allow that. Like, come totally. on, like everybody to be themselves. And totally. we have some people that are just absolute clowns and I love it. And that's that's fun. And so there, there's a whole lot of fun in our church. Like for, for us, we say like, you got to be serious about fun. You know, yeah. I heard Chris, I just say that and I loved it. And so I said that to our staff, but like, you got to be very serious. If you're not going to be about fun, you can't, you can't be part of our team. Like we're just going to be a team mm. that has a whole lot of fun. So we, there's a lot, like a lot of fun. We, we have good times over food, over sometimes we'll be sitting in service. It'll be the last service. You know, by the last service, some of us are already tired and, uh, church will be finishing up and they're just they've grabbed pictures of the day and they're just sending them air dropping them to all of us <laughs> and it's you know that kind of stuff that yeah. you're just having fun with and you see they took this horrible picture of somebody playing the guitar or yeah. singing yeah. or somebody that did the host and we're just clowning on each other but everybody can poke fun or even ourselves that that's super fun um something that's fun but more serious um i was i would say it's raising leaders it's yeah. fun yeah but it's serious. Yeah, it's weighty. It is. It is. I love it. And I feel more, I feel like this past year, God has, like if there's one thing that God has put heavy on me that I can sense clearly is that I need to raise more leaders and to cool. be extremely serious about it and to be intentional about it. And so over the past year, we've been sensing it. So we've been making some moves. It's a whole lot of fun. Mm. To, you know, discipleship for me, it's almost like twofold. It's relational, but also, you know, you got to have some stuff, time where you sit down and yep. go over some kind of like theology classes and all that. So um, I love, like right now we did our first summer internship. We had eight interns for nice. eight weeks with us. And that's been, they've been awesome. So they're just hanging around with us in the office. But then the moments where you sit down, yep. we had lunch. I had lunch with like two of them a couple of weeks ago and just talking to them and and them asking questions and mm. me like, I, I'm gonna put this weight on your shoulders now so you feel it. Like, yeah. This you th you want ministry? Okay, here's what it what it's really like. Giving them behind the scenes, um, including them in some stuff. Like, come on, we're gonna go pray for this situation. Come on, we're gonna go talk to this couple that's going through this. Including them in that, mm. they they can see. But it's not easy because some of them, um, some some people that want to be in leadership, um, they want to be in leadership, but they don't want to be led. Right, and so to, that's the hard, difficult challenge. Is like, well, I'm going to show you, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to help you in what I've learned. Yeah. But if you don't want to listen, it makes it challenging, but it's fun at the same time. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I agree. I think leadership development for for people that are in our position, when you're trying to replicate your own leadership, you're trying to grow leaders. It's probably one of the most challenging things yeah. that we do, but it's also one of the most rewarding, absolutely things we do because yeah. when you see someone that you've invested into, you yeah. loved, you know, you see them. And I know we both have that in our teams. Yeah. Um, sometimes for me, when I see some of these young communicators get up and and I've just seen it in them, I've tried my best to bless them with like the best of what I got. And then when they get up there and they do it and, and it's all good, it's yes. like, wow, yes. that is so rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, that's, I feel like that's what we're living through right now. When I was youth pastor, some of our youth leaders are some of our pastors now. Wow. And so they were cool. serving under me and Diana as our youth leaders. And to see them now 
six and a half years later being pastors on our staff. Like I look around, the other day I looked around our staff meeting and I wanted to cry. It was beautiful because I mm. remember when we were youth pastors, we would all gather in my living room like on a cool. Wednesday night and we would yeah. have like a little youth team meeting and we had like, I remember 30, 40 leaders and we would all be there sitting on the floor. Now I'm looking around, these guys are next to me pastors of the house and i wanted to cry it was beautiful yeah it hasn't been easy there's a struggle and there's challenges totally and i see guys like phil who's become uh, just a f- machine and he's an incredible leader uh, a guy that we have today preaching actually today and back home john just a young leader that was under us and now to see how god is raising him up and Amazing. guys who've been teachable guys who've uh, you know, we don't have it all together, but they've seen a little bit of what me and Dana do, and, and now they're doing it even better. Uh, Adam, seeing uh, them and their wives, you know, Brooke, Danny, and seeing all these people that have been leaders and now how far they've come, it's so rewarding. You're absolutely Love right. That. All right. Um, next question. What is the hardest thing about what you do? Tell, tell, give us the most, you know, the thing that you wrestle with the most or one of the things that you find the hardest about being lead pastor at Calvary. Mm. You got really good questions. Dude. <laughs> um, well, you might you might love everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would say yeah, we we love everything, but there's a lot of hard things, and and you would know this absolutely. I can think of a few things. Um, I, let's start personally. I think one of the hardest things for me mm-hmm. is overcoming insecurities. You right. know, um, people would yep. would see us leading, and people would would maybe see us. They'll walk into our churches, and they'll see us preaching and leading, but they don't know that that the enemy comes with the same voices that he does to the mm-hmm. people in the pews, to us. And so for me, over the last few years, uh, I've had to work through that. You know, you get off the platform on a Sunday and be like, that was terrible. That was the worst message. Or, you know, who do you think you are going up there? And those yep. voices to me, um, I, I dealt a lot with that. Because like you said, I wasn't either the type to put up my hand and say, God, here I am. I want to be lead pastor. Totally. Use me. Right. There, there's people that come into our churches. I don't know if it's happened to you. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I believe I have a pastoral call over my life. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm like, how do you know that? I, I never, I never. <laughs> to me, it was just like, I just want to serve. I'm yeah. good holding the door. I'm good handing out Bibles. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm good wherever. I never thought speaker. I never thought right. preacher. Um, so... In, in those doors that were open, walking with a lot of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think at some point, you got to believe God called you. Yeah. At some point, you got to be convinced God called me. I think a little bit of nervousness is okay. Mm-hmm. It shows you, you okay, God, I, I need you. Yeah. A lot is not good. Yeah. It's almost like, at what point are you going to believe God? And, you know, he called you, he opened his door, so be confident. Mm. And I would say, especially over the last, like, two years, believing that and overcoming that has helped me all so much. Yeah. Where now I can, like, stand with confidence. Yeah, And speak with confidence, lead with confidence. One of my hardest challenging meetings was my staff meeting because I, it was a staff I inherited. Right. And so I, here I am now leading this team that I didn't put together, they're, and I'm thinking they're looking at me all kind of ways. Mm. And maybe I was thinking and putting stuff in their mind that they weren't even thinking. Yeah, and right. so a lot of times we go into leadership, and whether we're leading a small team or a big team, it, if you're not confident, it will, it will, it will debilitate you. I, I, think, I think leadership in any, any role, I think in church, I think in business, like – I could think of like the CEO of a company, Mm -hmm. you know, or someone that's like, you know, starting a business or starting a ministry. Like I think at some level, every leader has to go through what you went through. Yeah. At some level, like there's, there is like, even for me, you know, I, I did, I was not trained, you know, I didn't go to Bible college when I was 20. I didn't like, I went into the business world as a financial guy 
And then I transitioned. God had me now in my 30s doing this. Jill and I plant this church and now I'm preaching and I'm leading a team and stuff like that. So I, I, I totally identify. Yeah. I had the same, you know, I, and I remember Pastor Brian saying a long time ago, he's just like, you'll never be successful in ministry unless you have an overcoming spirit. Wow. And you don't become, you don't develop a wounded spirit. Uh, but he talked about overcoming. So I think it's, I think that's so true. Yeah. I think it's like you, you know, if you, if you get going to get into leadership or you're looking at leadership in the future and thinking, you, you know, there's not going to be like any, you know, having to overcome insecurity, yeah. like you say, it, it could come in the form of doubt. It could come in the form of like, uh, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Yep. Um, or, or don't doubt, you know, may, maybe, you know, questioning the calling. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've definitely been through that. I remember like when we planted Colonial Church, I had to get up there and preach. Um, I'd just be like, you know, the, the enemy would just go, go nuts at me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Saturday nights, like, yeah. what are you doing tomorrow? Like, oh, you'll have a field day with your mind. Yeah, you yeah. can't preach tomorrow. Like, what are, you, what are you thinking? And then I just had to, like, like I love what you said. At some point, you just have to believe yeah. that God has called you. Bro, you, you know what I, what I discovered was that I was being robbed and the people of God were being robbed mm. because I wasn't giving my fool and the church wasn't experiencing the fullness of what God wanted to do because wow. I was so insecure about stepping out into certain things, saying certain things, all that. And and I I, I feel like I wished I, I would have, like, now in hindsight, been more confident sooner. But, you know, again, it's leadership. But a lot of people want to be leaders without thinking about the difficulties. That's just one of the challenges. Yes. Personally, then you think about everything that you want to be in leadership, but leadership, you're going to have internal and external stuff thrown at you, right? Sure. And so, yeah. and both of them will play on each other because then the stuff that people are saying externally will play with your mind. Mm. And so people leave in the church. We were going through that transition, but like you said, whether it's a business, you're a CEO or you're in politics or education, mm. you step up as a leader, people are going to have all kinds of opinions. And if you're not confident that God has put you in that position to lead that company, to yeah. lead that team, to lead that church, you, you will begin to have doubt and it will rob you and rob the team around you of all that God wants to do yep. because you're like, okay, this person left. It must be me. They're saying this. It must be true. And at some point I had to be convinced and it's helped me now not to be dismissive of what people say, but there are some things that you, I love that you got to overcome and just be like, that's cool. But God called me. Yeah, That's cool. But God put me in this position. He called me to lead this business. He called me to lead this team. He called me to lead this church. Yeah. And you can't let those voices external or internal. So I would say that's, that's a lot of the hard things, external and internal. No, that's good. I love that. Like we kind of went there because I think insecurity and leadership, is something that, that everyone faces. Um, and I like that even, you know, the way you just, what you just said then about like people's, you know, reactions or the way people perceive you or, um, the feedback you get and stuff like that. I, 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 another quote I love that's, that's stuck with me and I think about a lot just in what we do, leading churches where you got staff, you got people, you got new people, you got people that have been around a long time, you got pe people with lots of different views on yeah. how they feel like things should roll, be whatever. But that old saying, you know, if you want to, um, you know, you want to call the shots, you got to be ready to take the shots. I, I love that. Yep, absolutely. And, and it's I, and so I, true. And I, th I think that just says everything. Like yeah. we can't keep, we're never going to keep everyone happy and we got to make the calls. And some of the calls we make, people aren't going to like. That's right. And getting comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll share this story with you. Um, the day that we got ordained as lead pastors, mm -hmm. this one dude stood up 
like in the middle of like our most packed service. No way. Middle of my <laughs> middle of my teaching, middle of my preaching, this guy stood up all the way in the back. Wow. And he just started going off. Because, really? you know, our church went through a difficult transition, and right. he was mad at the decision and all that. And so he interrupted mid-auditorium, mid-message. Day one. Screaming from the back. Day one. Day one. And he's like, Alex, blah, blah. And he started saying a bunch of stuff, and I don't know what happened. And, and now people have, like, a clip of it, and it's funny to look back. But I just feel like it was like a movie that happened in slow motion <laughs> in my head. And I let him speak, and security was ready to take him out. And I was like, no, no, wait, hold on. Let him speak. And I heard him out, and I addressed his issues. And as I'm addressing his issues, this lady from the right-hand side stands up and goes, we love you, Alice. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the whole church stood up and started clapping oh and cheering. Right? And gosh. so many times what happens is that we let the minority uh, take out the majority. Yes. And there's actually more people probably cheering you on totally. than those that are against you. But that usually is the negative voices that we allow. Now, I remember I was so mad. We had a next service. And during the mid, like that break in between services, I was so mad. And Matt, I promise you, I was like, God, I, man, I don't even want to do this. I was about to quit. I was going to leave. God, and you called me to look like this. And I, I, I literally felt like if God checked me, like he slapped me. And I literally felt like, I, I, like God told me this. Mm. If you want to serve me and you're complaining about this, how will you ever put up with stuff in the future? Wow. This, this is nothing. Wow. And he called to me into my mind, Jeremiah, that says, if you can't even contend with men, how will you ever run with horses? Wow. And I promise you, at that moment, I said, God, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to worship. We were, the worship was starting at the next service. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to put my hands up, yep. and I'm going to trust you. Because if you want to be a leader, but you can't deal with this kind of stuff, oh, you're mad because somebody's talking about you? You're mad because somebody doesn't like that you're leading this team or new department? You're mad because somebody doesn't like the way you are? It's like, you're going to quit then? What about Paul? What about Jesus? What about yeah. all these guys that have been incredible historical leaders? They put up with weight. I'm going to be mad because some guy said something. Uh, Man, I, I, then I'm not fit for it if I can't deal with yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's so good. I, I remember the first time that um, uh, someone sat me down, brand new church, we're just getting going, sat me down and said they weren't happy. <laughs> and I, it's so funny to reflect on now because just like, you know, imagine if I really got unstuck by this. Yep. But guys, you know, sat me down and said we're not happy. And, you know, I think they said something like they were they're thinking about leaving or whatever, voicing, you know, his disapproval or whatever and it, and like i didn't get any sleep for two days after wow. That wow. because I, I was like i was so naive coming into this i was just like well everyone's gonna love this right yeah. like i mean everyone's gonna love jill and i everyone's gonna love our church and yeah. everything we do people are just gonna <laughs> love it yeah. i was so naive and uh, i remember my, my brother-in-law jeremy just said to me he's like maddie there's always going to be someone. Absolutely. There's always going to be a someone like yeah. a couple or a, a person that that's going to be you know, coming or going. He's yep. just like, it's just going to be the nature of church. And he's like, you just need to get over it. Yeah. And it was such a good word. It was so, so good to have, you know, that encouragement because it's so true. It's yeah, like, absolutely. If we get stuck in these, in these like moments where you're not overcoming, even if it's small stuff like conversations, people's feedback, a heckler in the back, yep, yep, you yep. know, like we've we got, we got to keep moving. And yeah, so I heard somebody recently say, you know, you got to be okay with not being for everyone. Mm. And I, I was naive like you too. You know, I, I feel like me and Dan are like, man, I, I think if you if you get to know us for a week, you'll <laughs> yeah. love us, yeah, right? Like that's that's, right. that's my mentality. Like, yeah. dude, just move in with us for a week. I think you'll <laughs> love us. Like we we generally, I think, have a lot of fun and, and we don't, there's no evil intention. And, and so I think, I thought everybody would love us. And then, yeah, you start seeing all the people that don't like you or have an opinion. And then you just got to realize, yeah, I'm not for everybody. 
So you may not like my style of leadership or preaching or communication or the way I lead this department or this team. Guess what? Maybe down the street, there's another team. There's another office. There's another Mm -hmm. church. i got to be okay. I'm not for everybody. Um, But hopefully we can reach somebody. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a different different shift now. I want to ask you a question. This is like a... A future future of the church question, you know. I think we've both sat here um, or sat, you know, in this season the last couple of years with COVID. Yeah, um, church has changed a lot. Thing the way we do ministry yeah. kind of shifted for a season. You know, it's coming back in now to to to, to I think look different. Um, we're kind of taking those first steps, you know. Um, into a new, brand new age, I think, post-COVID. COVID was crazy. Yeah. And then on top of that, we've also seen just a lot of reshuffling in the global church. Um, you know, at a leadership level, we're seeing ministries sort of, um, you know, it seems like God's shutting them down and new yeah. ones are coming forth. I would love to ask you, what do you think, you know, the future of the church looks like, how we do church? Do you think things are going to change? Do you think the model's shifting? Like, I'd love to just see... I love to hear how you see it. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I think that's been our conversation for the last almost three years. A year before COVID, um, I had this conversation with uh, two, three pastors, and we stayed up to like 2 o'clock in the morning just talking about this. Mm. And we were literally talking about the future of the church. This is a year before COVID. And I literally said this. So I've been thinking about it, and now I, I think it's happening. I literally said this three years ago. I said, I think the church to go forward needs to go backwards. Mm-hmm. And what I meant, what I mean by that is, I, I think we need to go back to some traditional stuff. I think, in, you know, in, in the 90s, early 2000s, the church took off. And we were, we became just, it was awesome. I think the church changed styles, changed methods. Mm-hmm. The message has never changed. But, you know, it became global in one sense. It was yep. beautiful what God was doing in the church. I think there's been some freedoms that we have gotten too free with. Okay. And I think there's something beautiful in tradition. There's something beautiful in liturgical services, Mm -hmm. having moments of ministry, Mm -hmm. having moments like communion. We're doing it way more often now. There's something beautiful in that. And I think the church got away from tradition and wanting to get away from old school and wanting to have a little bit more freedom. But I think... There's beauty and power in that. And I think the church was forced to, in a way, now go back. And I think the people need it. I think I think millennials now, I think this new generation, they're not impressed by walking into, like, Christian rock concerts yeah, right. on Sundays. Like, yep. they, like, they've seen that. They've heard that. Um and nothing against that. Like you come to our church, it, it mm. kind of looks like that, right? Yeah. But like, I'm not. I'm not speaking against that. That's not what I'm saying. What What I am saying is that people are looking for genuineness. Yes. And people are generally looking for a God house of worship where there's reverence, respect, sometimes moments of silence. There's beauty in that, and I think we got away from that. And I, I think we need to go back a little bit to some traditional stuff where the early church did and go back to a lot of fundamental basic stuff yep. where we got we got huge, we got global. The church had a lot of technology. We still do. It's awesome. It's great. But don't forget some old, traditional, beautiful stuff. And so even in our preaching and our teaching, like I think we, we just started going off, myself included, into a lot of stuff. And, and if I'm not careful on Sunday, I'll be preaching about leadership. And it's like, wait a minute, i got to preach the word. Yeah, God did it. I love what, and our friend Nathan says this often. He didn't call me to be a communicator. He called me to be a preacher of the word. 
Yes. And so when I first became the lead pastor, I was trying to deal with and navigate with a bunch of stuff. And, and the last two years, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the same thing, you know, getting secure. I'm just going to be secure in who God called me to be. I'm going to preach the word and, and what he's called me to do. And I think we try, we try to make God look better than what he already is right. in the way we yeah. try to almost like veil some things. Like yes. if people are going to be offended and we didn't want to offend people with some stuff. Um, and I think people appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the blood and let's talk about holiness and let's yes. talk. And so old traditional messages that I think we need to bring back. And so over the last two years, we've just had some series where we're going in and, and our church has grown, I think both physically, but also deep in our faith and yeah. people want it. Like yeah. we want, we need to go back to fundamental theological truths, preaching the unadulterated word of God, mm. not being afraid to go after it, having beautiful moments of beauty. The church is the center of beauty. We serve mm. the God of beauty. Mm. Um, I love old school stuff. So I think bringing some of that back in, we need to. The church needs to. Even so, you you were that in our church. You know, we decided two years ago to paint our whole auditorium white. Yeah, we opened up our windows, and it, and it looks great. Yeah, our, our auditorium. So even in stuff like that, where it's almost like we're just trying to get out of a box. Our church yeah. looked like a dark auditorium for years, and I get it. It was awesome. It looked like a dark, dark theater. But during COVID, we just thought the whole world is shut down in darkness. Man, I think people need to walk in and experience some light. So why don't we cool. even do that physically at first? So mm. our creative team, one of the guys, Michael, he just said, hey, why don't we paint everything white? And at first, I was like, get behind me. Saying, <laughs> like, no, we need the black box. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's do it. And yeah. we opened up all the windows that we had closed. We had like blackened them out. Mm -hmm. we, we took all that off. We painted our whole auditorium in white. Even in that sense, I wanted to try it. And mm. it was my own way of thinking we're going back to move forward. Yeah, I, I'm going to go back to the kind of churches I grew up in where they yeah. were very much bright, open, a lot of light. Mm. People need light right now. People, They've been walking in darkness, hearing darkness, bad news. Let's bring the good news physically, yeah. spiritually, all that. And people have loved it. And you know, I may, I may go back to the black box, but for a moment, yeah. I think the church needs a lot of that remembrance, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I'm with you 100%. I think the... Um you know, the, the, the sense that I'm getting too, and I, I'm seeing this in the feedback that I get sometimes from my messages. So even in the last three months, I've preached a message. Uh, it wasn't that long ago I did a series on eternity mm -hmm. and I talked about hell. Yep. Great feedback from that. Same. I did the same thing last year. Amazing. Yeah. People loved it. Repentance, another yep. one. Yep. So I talked about repentance. I know you've done a series on idols, uh, yep. messages on idols. Um, and what, what's been blowing me away is some of these harder typically maybe in the last decade you know pastors and churches have shied away from some of these yeah. core you know traditional foundational truths about our faith um people are hungry for those yeah. again and so i'm with you i think people are going to return to those and like even the repentance message i had several people come to me and they're like man i grew up on messages like that that's yeah, what exactly. built my faith and now yes. I'm, and to hear like a young pastor talking about something as simple as repentance and actually, you know, taking sin head on. Yep. Um, it, that, that were telling me is just like, man, this has been a, like a, a blessing to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the, that's the challenge in this next five I, years. I, I think we were trying to sugarcoat something that didn't need a coating. Right. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. His word is medicine for our soul. And we were trying to put something on top of it as if people were going to taste and it was going to be bad. 
Mm. And it's like, no, it's the best life living with God. Yeah. And it's challenging. The word is challenging. It's confronting. Yep. It's a double-edged sword. It's a mirror that shows us all of our you know, flaws. But it's also healing. And it's also life. And it's also grace. And so you don't got to veil it. You don't got to cover it. Preach the word of God. Go into those hard topics. People. Also, I just think we're living in an age where people are looking for uh, a moral compass. People mm. are looking for a center that can help me how to live my life because I'm hearing every all kind of news uh, between CNN, Fox, Newsmax. I'm turning on the radio. I'm li- yep. uh, politics. Everybody has a million things, and I think the church needs to be yes. uh, the guiding point. And so yes. we need to preach values. We need to preach morals. You may not like it. It, it confronted me on my own life as well, so yeah. I'm with you. Yep. But you're going to love it in the end. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. I think that's awesome. Well, um, Thank you, bro. Thank uh, you so thank much you. for chatting with me. And uh, if you listen to this podcast and you're in the Miami area, <laughs> um, check out Calvary Miami. It is a great church. And anytime you're in Miami, you need to stop in and see Alex and Diana. They're amazing. Their team's incredible. Um, we love these guys so much and believe in them, believe in your church so much, man. Thank you, Can't man. wait to see what God does thank with you, you thank guys. Thank you, man. And thank you guys. Uh, same here, man. Uh, we love you guys. You guys are the real deal. Love your church. God is doing something beautiful in St. Augustine, and we really believe we've only seen a glimpse of all he's going to do here. So we also can't wait. And glad we're in this together. Love yes. you and Joe a whole lot. Thank you. So good. So good to run together. Well, thanks for listening today. We pray that this episode encourages you and helps you in your own leadership journey. We'd love for you to subscribe and why don't you leave us a review. Until next time, much love.